You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. We have a treat for you this morning on Connect Sunday. Not just one preacher, but three preachers. They're not all 30 to 40 minutes, so don't worry. It's 10 minutes each. Um, but it's Connect Sunday, and these three people have significant um, passion for and fruit in the area of Connect and discipleship. And so we wanted to get them up here today to, to speak to you about their stories and their um, passion. So the first one in the leadoff spot, we have Miss Teresa Mack. <laughs> she is an incredible woman of God. She is uh, currently her and her husband over all of pastoral care for Balboa Campus. And uh, they used to be over all of Connect. They used to be the Connect directors for Balboa. They've run so many great Connect groups, launched so many different Connect groups, are like kings and queens of discipleship. And we so appreciate them. And they are incredible business people. And so you're gonna wanna hear what she has to say. She's incredible. And then we have in the two hole, Mr. Chris Smith. He is the most interesting man in the world. Um, he used to be the Dos Equis guy, but then Chris Smith showed up and now it's Chris. He, uh, he's a genius, but he didn't want me to talk about that part, but he was telling me stuff about COVID and about viruses, like two months after this whole thing broke out that they were just telling us maybe, you know, 12 months after it broke out. He's a genius. Um, him and his wife has, have had connect groups ever since they've been here pretty much that I know about. He's one of our Emerge leaders. Um, and has a great team there. And they are also Connect coaches, so they oversee multiple different Connect groups. So he is incredible. Wait till you hear his message. And then we have Miss Brittany King. I was telling the 830 services, she's like, her and her husband are one of those couples that you keep hearing about. And like, eventually you just have to meet them. Eventually you just have to hear from them and see, what, see what's so awesome. And so um, they are amazing and they are leaders over our young adults. Um, connect group and pouring into the next generation and empowering our young adults and passionate about discipleship. And so wait till you hear her breakthrough story. It is amazing. So why don't we, we're going to cheer once and then they're going to come rapid fire. So why don't we give it up for all of our preachers? Come on, Teresa. I just want to honor and thank our amazing pastors. We are walking miracles because of these guys and Pastor Jurgen and Leanne. So we are so grateful. Um, oh, guys, I just love Connect so much. I'm so excited. Um, why do I love Connect? Great question. Um, I love Connect because it's where I met my spiritual family. And my spiritual family is like just the nearest and dearest people to me. So I am super excited to share about that this morning. So a little bit about me. Um, I grew up in just a great Christian, beautiful home. Um, but my parents were raised in religion, so they didn't know anything different. So they raised us in religion, us kids. Um, so basically, as an adult, I was like a legit Pharisee, essentially. Um, and so my walk with God was like, you know, private. It's like me and God. We don't need anybody else. We're just going to like stay in our little isolated box which sounds very religious, but really it's very unhealthy. It's very unhealthy. So then God, totally through a crazy miracle, brought my husband and I here to Awaken Church eight years ago. 
And um, right away, basically right away, we got plugged into the Fuller's Connect Group. Right away. The best disciplers ever. If you know the Fuller's, you of course have to love them. To know them is to love them. So um, they just right away started pouring into us, and um, they're the reason I'm not a Pharisee anymore, or one of the reasons. <laughs> Thank God, because I'm like, wait, you got to explain, like, the female pastor, like, all the things. So they answered all of our questions, and they taught us, and they discipled us, and there were just miracles happening in our lives, um, and we're just so grateful to them and those years that we had in their Connect, and then after a couple years, they kicked us out, as they tend to do, um, to start our own Connect group. We graduated to having our own Connect group, and... Um, we were super excited. We had a two-year-old little, little girl at the time. And so God brought us all these families with two-year-old little girls. So it was super fun. There were like seven little two-year-olds running around every other Thursday, which was a little overwhelming, but also very fun and exciting. And they're our family to this day. Fast forward five years, and those little girls all do life together. They celebrate everything together. We've been through a lot of highs, a lot of lows, a lot of life. And we just love each other. And... Um, um, it really was through this journey of Connect at Awaken that I went from a me mindset and like an orphan mindset into a family, into a family mindset, a we mindset. Our lives are radically changed, radically changed through Connect. So the truth is that the kingdom of God is built on family. Family is very important to God, extremely important to God, so important that he sent his only son to die on a cross so that we don't have to be orphans anymore, so that we could be adopted into the family of God. We can have a heavenly father, and we can have brothers and sisters, and we can do life together. It's so beautiful. It's so important to God. It should be important to us. Now, maybe you're thinking, like, Teresa, that's nice for you. I'm not a Pharisee like you were, thankfully. And I have a great social life. I have lots of friends. My social calendar's booked. I don't even have time for Connect, so, like, don't worry. But honestly, I'm not talking about friends, guys, okay? I had friends. Trust me. I was very, I've always been very social. I had lots of friends. Friends, that's great. I'm talking about family. I'm talking about your spiritual family. So what is your spiritual family? I'm very glad you asked. That's what we're going to talk about. Families challenge each other. I'm so glad that the Fullers and the Heinrichs have challenged us over the years. To be honest and very truthful with you, like the fact that I'm standing up here with a microphone in my hand is a miracle. It's honestly a miracle because I used to be like unbelievably petrified of any, any form of public speaking, like petrified. But they wouldn't let me not. They wouldn't let me just sit in the in a seat. They kept challenging me like, you can do it. Keep trying. Keep going. There's something in you. Don't stay comfortable. Just a couple weeks ago, Pastor Tess is like, you need to do the tithe. I'm like, I don't want to. I want John to do the tithe. Jonathan's better at tithe than me. She's like, oh, no, no. You need to step out of your comfort zone. And I needed it. I need that. We need that. Who's asking you tough questions? causing you to think differently? Who's helping you to get outside of your comfort zone? We don't grow if we don't get out of our comfort zone. We won't grow. Families fight for each other. Families fight for each other. So in my family, there's four of us, four kids. I'm the second. And uh, the baby in the family, my youngest sister, some of you may know her because she goes to church here, is Providence. Providence Cordell. She's the baby. And the poor kid, I mean, if anything happened to her. Like, if anybody would even dream of messing with her, like, us older three were like, oh, hell no. Like, that is our sister. Like, you don't mess with Providence Cordell. Like, we would just freak out. I mean, she gets so embarrassed. She would be like, oh my gosh, guys, like, let me fight something myself. We're like, oh no, move aside. 
Like, we're fighting for you. I mean, we're very dramatic in my family, as you can tell. <laughs> so my question is, who are your siblings? Who are your spiritual siblings? Who's fighting for you and with you? Because God did not intend for you to fight alone. So many people are fighting alone, and man, we get exhausted. Sometimes you got to call on a sibling. You're like, okay, I am like beat down, pressed down. I need a sibling. I need a big sister, big brother to come in and be like, oh, that's my sister. That's my brother. You mess with them, you mess with me. We have to have spiritual siblings who will fight with us. There will be tribulations in life. There will be challenges. I'm sorry, I know 2020 is over, but... Obviously, they didn't end on December 31st, right? Okay, the challenges will come. Challenges will come. It's in the Bible. In this world, you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. God's given us a family. He's given us a family. We get to fight with each other. Families fill each other's gaps. The truth is that God will give you a destiny and a purpose that is way bigger than you because he gave you a family. You're not supposed to do it alone. You were never intended to do it alone, right? I just get so heartbroken when I see all these people that are like so anxious and stressed and worried. And they're like, I'm trying so hard to like honor God and obey God. And And they're doing it alone. And the weight of it, the weight of their destiny, guys, the weight of your destiny will crush you if you don't have a family with you. You were never intended to carry the weight of your purpose alone. God gave you a family God gave you a family. I remember a couple years ago when God called my husband and I to build our businesses and expand and hire employees. And I'm like, time out. Like, I've never even been an employee. I always, I've always worked for myself. I have never been on anyone's payroll. I don't know the first thing about hiring an employee, contracts, running payroll. Like, I was like, God, you have to pick the wrong person. And right away, he's like, no, I gave you a family. You're in Awakened Church where there's Pathfinders and there's all kinds of people that have tons of employees. You, they're your family. Go talk to them. Ask them. And so that's what we did. And guess what? I'm running payroll now. Yay. I learned. I figured it out. We have to have family. Who is your family? Families celebrate the wins with you. And this is so, because when in my Pharisee religious days, Pharisees don't celebrate things. Religious people, it's not religious to celebrate. We don't really celebrate stuff. So I didn't really celebrate anything. And so now, like, I love having a family that we get to celebrate. We're not jealous of each other. We get excited. When there's a win in the family, it's a win for all of us. Somebody gets a new miracle house, we're all like, ah, that's awesome. We all, we all got a new miracle house. Somebody has a baby and it's like, our family grew, woo. You know, we get so excited and we get to celebrate with each other and it's such a beautiful thing. And that's how God designed it. God wants us to celebrate with each other. He rejoices with us. Friends, never underestimate the value and the importance of a spiritual family. I can tell you that our adversary, the devil, he does not underestimate it. That's why he's been attacking the family in the natural and spiritual since the beginning of time. His agenda is to keep us alone and isolated and apart from family. Don't let him win. Don't let him win. It makes us an easy target. The devil will give you 10,000 reasons why not to fill out that Connect card. And then another 10,000 reasons why not to go to the Connect. Don't let him win. He wants to keep you isolated. You're an easy target when you don't have your family. Psalm 68.6 says, God builds the lonely God sets the lonely in families. He leads out the prisoners with singing, but the rebellious live in a sun-scorched land. 
Don't be rebellious. God's plan is family. If you're rebellious, you're gonna end up in a sun-scorched land. That does not sound nice. That does not sound fun. God gave us a family. He wants you to be in family. If you don't have a family today, that's okay. That's okay. But we have provided the Connect Ministry for you guys to meet your family, just like I did years ago. That's how I met my family. It's simple. It is simple. Amen? Amen. Awesome. Yay! Thanks, everyone. Really appreciate that. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, Pastor John and Becky, um, they call me up, um, and they know that Cheryl and I, we, are, we run a connect group, and they said, listen, you guys are really passionate about connect group. Uh, can you come and speak? Um, so, we run, a, we run a connect group. I also run a men's emerge team, Team Tomahawk. Um, we're all in the house. So, these lads are just wonderful, but, I, you know, I see these things as quite closely connected. Um, <clears throat> Um, but one of the things is, is when, when Becky s said to me, she said, you are passionate about Connect. Um, it's an interesting question to ask why, okay? Um, so I started sort of thinking about this. Um, <clears throat> so if you think about the world that we live in right now, if we can compare today versus two years ago um, and compare those two environments or those scenarios, um, we start thinking, you know, there's all sorts of things that are coming at us that are very, very complex, and it seems consistent. It's like crises after crises, yeah? Um, it's things like uh, mask mandates, how do I process that? Uh, vaccine mandates, how do I process that? Um, rioting, uh, looting, um, different, uh, very different situations in schools and, and, and uh, between the states in the US. It's very, very difficult to process. So as a Connect Group leader, one of the things I was trying to do is trying to process all that information in order to try and provide some guidance, um, but then also try to understand what's going on myself. And I think there's potentially some strategy to throwing a lot of stuff at people and really try and sort of destabilize. Um, so I think it's very important to, to try and simplify and get down to the root. So one of the things that I do is just sort of generate, and this is how I tend to process complex things, is I tend to try and generate a, um, a very simple framework in which to then sift through um, different ideas or, or different events as they come through. And so the, uh, the construct that um, in this situation that I sort of came up with, and it's a very simple one, um, it's a construct or a framework of tug of war. And we're all familiar with tug of war. You know, there's a big rope, there's two teams on each side, um, and they're pulling and they're struggling and they're, and they're wrestling against each other. So it's, um, so it's a competition of strength, it's a competition of endurance, and it's a competition of weight, okay? So instead of having two teams, imagine this tug of war is a competition between ideas, okay? And over on this idea, or over on this side, is, for want of a better word, let's call it the American experiment, okay? And then over here is the opposition to the American experiment, okay? And then if we unpack the American experiment into three things, we can unpack it into constitution, faith, and family. That's not all it is, but those are three, I think, important concepts. 
So Teresa just talked a lot about family, and we didn't, you know, corroborate or, or, or plan, but it shows you how important family is in this competition between ideas and the opposition, okay? Um, <clears throat> so as you think about constitution, I'm only gonna really say one or two sentences on the constitution. It's, you know, it's a whole sort of week-long seminar situation, yeah? Um, <clears throat> but one of the things is, is the framers of the constitution, they understood human nature. And they understood that human nature has a tendency to centralize power in the few, to generate tyrannical structures, and to essentially have the control of the economic and political power in an organization, institution, or country centralized in a very small few individuals. So what the American, and this is the experiment because it had never been done before, had generated a constitution where there was separation of powers. So there are three forms of government that are separated um, at the federal level, and then there's a separation of the, f uh, of the federal system and the state system. And then we see a lot of different manifestations in the states as we see now, okay? So I think that's incredibly powerful. Um, and then recognize the significant opposition against that. I'm not gonna spend a lot of time on that, um, but recognize that there is significant um, uh, opposition. So one of the concepts of opposition against that is this post-modernism uh, um, ideology, which is essentially saying, um, <clears throat> that it's essentially saying that truth is relative and everybody can have their own truth. And as we think about over here, our founding fathers really recognized human nature and who we are in God. And they realized that we are broken um, and, and built systems around it. But really I wanna spend uh, you know, a little bit more time on the faith aspect of it. So remember the construct is a competition of ideas and, and fighting. So gathering together for worship, gathering together for connect groups, gathering together for men or women's prayer, going to DNA courses, going to church conferences, reading your Bible, bringing an encouraging word to somebody is all a deposit of weight and power over on this side of the battle. So something as simple as just saying, let your glory fall. What you're actually doing, there's a whole army of angels up there and they're like, he said, let your glory fall. Okay, let's go join the rope over here and let's start pulling. So I want to encourage everybody that even the simplest thing adds a lot of power, adds a lot of weight to this competition of ideas, okay? So let's just change tack slightly. Let's think about um, the, the Last Supper. So the Last Supper, we're all very familiar with it. It's a very, you know, it's all in all four Gospels. It's the sort of one of the cornerstone moments in Scripture in Jesus's life. And it's the night before he, before he died and he gathered his apostles together in the upper room. They broke bread. They had a, a meal together. Um, they had it all laid out on a table. And it was a time where Jesus um, prophesied. He provided guidance. And it was a, a big emotional time as well. There's huge amounts of weight. So... When we think about the Last Supper, we think about how um, enduring the, that event is. So it's really weighty, but then it's also got a lot of resilience over time because um, we still celebrate it today. We still manifest, uh, we still you know, practice essentially a, a replication of the Last Supper, remembering Jesus and the, and the death and his resurrection and his body broken for us. Okay. 
<clears throat> but what if Jesus had a calendar, an Outlook calendar? Okay, so another little thought exercise. What would it say in his calendar? Maybe it could say, Apostles Connect, 6 p.m., Upper Room. Bring something to share. Yeah. I actually believe that. And so coming back to the original question, I think that's the essence why we're really passionate about Connect Group because we think there's an awful lot of similarities between the upper room. And then also Jesus modeled this throughout his life. He was in different houses. They were hosting him. They were gathering. They were having food. There were miracles breaking out. There were people's roofs getting destroyed and lowering people down on mats. So he modeled what I believe is Connect Group. And so that's one of the, thing, one of the reasons. I think it's the core reason of, um, of why um, we're really passionate about it. So a couple of things about our Connect Group. Um, we have wine, check, very similar to the upper room. We have bread, um, we have good food, people bring things to share, um, we encourage each other, we pray, we prophesy, we say good words to each other, um, but we also invite the Holy Spirit in, um, <clears throat> and the Holy Spirit is powerful and it brings in miracles. So one of the things I want to share a little bit about is in our Connect group, over the, over the years, we've had two to three couple, no, probably three to, four, three to four couples that have come in either with a diagnosis that they can't have children, although they've been trying for, for many years and they haven't been able to have children. And we've actually been able to lay hands on them and we've been able to pray and we've been able to encourage. And as a consequence of that, they've then been able to have children. Some of them began to have two children. It is. And so what's really, really powerful about that, and this is why I think it's actually an amazing miracle, is as a group, we're actually not talking about something that happened in the past. We're actually sitting in the group with all these little kids running around. You know, it's sort of in your face, yeah? God is good. So what I want to encourage everybody is, is no matter how insignificant you think you are or something that you do is, process it in the world... Are you supporting and helping this side? Or are you actually developing and supporting this side? And I want to encourage everybody. Okay, I'm going to end it there. It's great. Thanks very much. Wow, that was amazing. Hello. Great job, you guys. That was so good. Good morning. I'm so, I'm so, so, so excited to be here on Connect Sunday. Um, Connect is one of my favorite things to talk about. I love talking about relationships, connection, discipleship, all of the above. And before I start, I just want to take a moment to honor Pastor John and Pastor Becky for being such incredible leaders and in raising disciples, especially the ones on the front row this morning, the Fullers and the Piles. You guys have had such an integral role in mine and my husband's life, and we're so thankful for you guys. So the thing I want to talk about this morning 
is really important. It's relevant, it's powerful, and it's something that I lived with for 30 years before walking through those doors and having the, the real opportunity to address it and overcome it. And the reason I wanna talk about it is because it's powerful enough to change the way you think, the way you feel, your behavior, your personality. It can disrupt and destroy your family. It can determine how successful you'll be in your business and your finances. And here's the real kicker about it is no one is immune. Every single person in this room has encountered this thing. And I'm guessing I have your attention. But what I want to talk about this morning is pride. And pride is this big umbrella that we walk around in the world and we hear it. And sometimes it's positive and sometimes it's negative. But what I want to do this morning is really define for you what I'm talking about. So Webster Dictionary defines pride as a reasonable or justifiable sense of one's worth or importance. Okay. In the same entry, it also defines pride as an unjustified feeling of being pleased with oneself or one's situation or achievements. So that's confusing, right? Same entry, different definitions, but really they actually have something in common. They both require us to self-generate a narrative about our worth and our identity. And there's the problem, right? The second you take God out of the center of defining your worth and your identity, now you're now at odds with the word of God, where all of a sudden your worth and qualification is dependent on your strength and your works. And this is something that I've really had to learn. The Bible says in Jeremiah 17, 7, blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. Wow. That's something that I didn't have the opportunity. I mean, I probably had plenty of opportunities in my life to learn before this, but didn't take it up the way that I did after coming to Awaken. And about six months into coming here, I really had this desire in my heart to develop deep and meaningful relationships. But I had just walked out of this season where a bunch of relationships that I deeply cherished and poured into had come to a very unceremonious end and all at the same time. And it was really traumatic, but I knew that I had to take a step forward in faith and start developing new relationships. So thankfully, an incredibly beautiful girl named Becca Brandon <laughs> invited me to her connect. And now she is my sister-in-law. Good job, Mac. Thank you, God. And so I decided to go, even though I thought it'd be like a lot of work and I'd have to like get dressed up and like bring something. She was like, no, yoga pants required. And I was like, praise God, I'm there. <laughs> And so I go and I actually have a great time. It was actually really easy connecting with people. People were so normal and I really felt really comfortable. And then at the end, Pastor Marissa, someone that I love and admire, turns to me, first time meeting me, goes, hey, Britt, will you pray for us? I was like, oh, no. What she doesn't know is I haven't prayed out loud in 10 years. I actually wasn't at that point with my faith. I wasn't walking with God that way. But I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to give it my best. So I pray, and then I say amen. And she turns to the rest of the group and goes, oh, yeah, by the way, make sure you go to women's prayer to learn how to pray in authority. <laughs> I was like, shots fired. Oh, my gosh. Like, is she talking about me? Is she saying that I don't know how to pray? Is she, like, making an announcement so she doesn't have to, like, tell me after that I, like, don't know how to pray? I stewed the whole way home. I'm not kidding. And I launched into that, like, crazy thing that you do where you, like, argue with yourself and you, like, try to justify where you think you're at versus what you think someone else is saying. And it sounded a little like this. I've been a Christian my whole life. How dare someone insinuate that I don't know how to pray? I mean, I've studied theology. I went to Bible school. I mean, I led VBS. What does this girl think she's talking about? 
You even start adding on, like, I'm a 30-year-old woman. I'm wearing a blazer. Like, and that doesn't have to make sense. You just, like, keep going. <laughs> so when I get home, I march in directly up to my amazing husband, and I go, oh, you are never going to believe what happened at Connect. Pastor Marissa told our entire Connect group that I don't know how to pray. And you always know where you're at when you see your spouse's face, because he kind of just like mumbled and was like, this is a no-win situation for me. And so I doubled down and I'm like, no, she said I need to go to women's prayer. Because obviously, any good leader is gonna tell their connect group to go to women's prayer. Any good leader is going to make the, I've done it a hundred times in my connect group. But it didn't matter, it didn't matter to me because I was operating in pride. And it was a pattern for me. This was a well-established pattern for me. One that had kept ceilings over my life. One that had forced me into this thing. And I don't know if anyone can relate to this. Where you like over-educate yourself to qualify yourself. Like I'm like the most credentialed person on earth, I swear. Like I have done so many courses. And I, I felt like I had to, to be smart enough to be valued by somebody. It destroyed the possibility of any sense of belonging because I was always working for worth. It killed any healthier functional relationship because I was absolutely intolerant to being vulnerable. And I knew, even though this is a cheeky story, <laughs> that I had a choice to make. And to me, it really wasn't silly. I, I knew I could continue this pattern of when things got vulnerable or I was confronted with a situation that was too sensitive, I'd bounce out of the relationship, leave the group, leave the chat, or I could do it a different way. And I truthfully don't know why this small situation or this harmless comment was the catalyst that did that for me, but thank God, thank God I took up the charge and was like, I'm gonna figure this out. And thank goodness, because Pastor Marissa is one of the most incredible leaders and such a great friend and such an incredible person in mind in my husband's life. And what God has shown me is that the Bible talks about pride in relation to all these different characteristics. It talks about arrogance and insolence and haughtiness. And I think sometimes we're like, that's kind of not relatable. It's not really where I'm at. And really the pride that I'm talking about is I think the most dangerous and insidious version of pride that there is because it's the pride that's born to cover the fear of being known. It's pride that's born to cover fear of vulnerability. It actually kills an opportunity for love and truth to enter in the situation, to speak directly to your heart. It holds areas of your life captive and keeps you stuck indefinitely. And if you're stuck, you're probably dealing with pride. And I think we get caught, we get caught in this trap everywhere in the world, in our job, in our families. But I think we get caught in this trap, especially in the church. We walk in here and we think, okay, I've gotta get the cute outfit out and like get the kids ready and, and make sure that I'm buttoned up and that I'm together. I want everyone to see this version of myself where I'm you know, basically wearing a nun hat and quoting scripture, right? But you don't have to go to a connect group and air out your dirty laundry to get free. You don't have to have all the answers and know the Bible verses and know the things to say to, to get freedom in this area. I didn't. I lived in isolation for 30 years of my life due to pride. And all it took was me deciding that actually having deep and meaningful relationships, meaningful relationship with Christ and a meaningful relationship with the people in my community was more valuable than being admired being considered successful, being the girl with all the answers could ever be 
So here's what I wanna tell you. Here's what God showed me and here's how you get there. You have to understand that your confidence comes from having your worth and qualification and your identity in Christ. Luke 3:22. Jesus has just been baptized and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove and a voice came from heaven. You are my son whom I love. With you I am well pleased. Jesus hadn't started his ministry, hadn't done anything yet. But God still took the time, took the moment to say, you're my son and I love you. We don't have to fight for position. We don't have to do anything to be qualified or worthy of God. God loves you. God sees you, God knows you. But here's the truth. Dismantling pride, dismantling the fear of being known requires relationship. It requires discipleship. Proverbs 27, 17 says, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. You need friends, you need relationships. And I don't know what area of your life pride has a hold of. I don't know if it's your spiritual life, your mind or your heart, but here's what I do know. You were made to be known. Before God formed you, he knew you. When he knitted you together in your mother's womb, he made plans for you. He called you marvelous and mysterious and a beautiful instrument of his will. So my prayer for you this morning is that you can go to the quiet place and pray against pride and the fear of being known and step forward into that marvelous and mysterious and beautiful purpose. Thank you guys. Can we give it up for our preachers this morning? Man, how good was that? Family, changing the world, and pride. Incredible, incredible. Thank you guys for sharing your stories and for just the wisdom that you've uh, experienced and shared. And uh, I can relate to all of those things going through Connect Group, um, you know, over the years. And I remember Connect Group was so good for us, even in our, in our marriage. We found out things about ourselves and how we relate to each other and had to work through things and go through things. So you, you may not think you have anything to work through. Go to a Connect Group and let God reveal, reveal some things in community and with people that love you. I used to think that I used to, when I got to this church like, like Brittany, I used to think I had to, you know, talk in King James or else I didn't, because I felt like everybody here was so far ahead of me in, in their walk with God. But what I realized is when I got into Connect Group and started to meet people is that people were just interested in me and knowing who I was, not what I had to offer. And so it's just, it's just a complete different mind, uh, mind shift. So I would encourage you um, to fill out this card and get in a Connect Group, get, you know, meet your spiritual family, start to put some weight on, you know, the right side of the tug of war game and get rid of issues that, you know, you have and work through things and celebrate. Outside we have um, tables and people that can answer questions about Connect Group. Um, so make sure you do that. And uh, you may think like you have everything together and maybe you do. Well, then you're a perfect person to be in a Connect Group to help somebody else, right? So, um, before we release the service though, why don't we all just stand up? Why don't we all just stand up? Before we release the service, I wanna ask you a question. You may be here this morning, you've never actually invited Christ into your life, Jesus into your life, or maybe one time you had, but you've kinda, you know, with all the chaos that's happened, you've kinda taken your life back and kinda walked away from God, but today you're saying, I wanna get back with Christ, I wanna get back with God. 
So if you're one of those two people, maybe you want to invite Jesus back into your life today or, or maybe for the first time, can you just lift your hand? I want to pray for you this morning. Is there anybody like that out here? Just lift your hand. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you over here. Thank you. Thank you. I see you over there. Thank you up there. Thank you. Amen. Proud of you. Thank you right here. Awesome. We're going to pray a prayer. Everybody in the building is going to pray with us, especially those of you that lifted your hand. And, uh, and Jesus is going to come back into your life for, or maybe for the first time. So let's pray these words. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for sending Jesus to die on a cross for my sins. Lord Jesus, today I invite you into my life and I ask that you would help me live a life that glorifies you. Today I declare that I am saved, that heaven is my home, and that God is my Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.